On today's show, the Yankees won the first game of the series against Baltimore, and there were some good things and some bad things. We'll go through them all. Plus, we're taking a trip back to 20 years ago tonight when a new Yankee helped his team win a game in dramatic fashion and won over the fan base. All that is next on Locked on Yankees. You are Locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, Yankees fans. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Also hit the like button on our videos and please comment if you feel so inclined. I will try to answer your comments if they're nice. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast, Locked on Yankees. So the Yankees opened up their series against Baltimore last night and won. And you know things are going well for the Yankees when Jose Trevino hits a three-run home run. And yes, it was barely a home run. And yes, it hit the foul pole. But a home run is a home run is a home run, as I always say. And, you know, that helped the Yankees win really Luis Severino also did because he pitched pretty well last night and we'll be looking at his uh, pitching totals and how his velocity looked and all that stuff as usual we'll also look at Aroldis Chapman I don't know what's going on with him it seems like his velocity is down a little bit there are some times where it looks like he's really dialing back on the ball and it's not coming out as fast as it usually does which stands to reason because when you throw the ball as hard as he has for so many years, you're going to lose velocity at some point. You can't keep throwing 102, 103, 101. You know, it does go down a bit. And I don't think it's alarming yet. And I don't think his performance last night was alarming necessarily. Um, You know, he did give up a run. We'll talk about that. But he gave it up in the same way that Luis Severino gave it up to the same guy earlier in the game. It's just, you know, you have a good player reaching for a pitch, which is what he did against Severino. He did it against Chapman, talking about Anthony Santander. He hit a home run off Severino, ruined the perfect game, no hitter. (laughs) Um, It was only the fourth inning. But I had mentioned, I looked at the box score on the screen, because yes, had the bug on the screen. And I said to my brother, I said, do you notice something about Baltimore's line? And I mean, it was like a pitch later. Sorry, Severino. (laughs) I didn't mean to jinx you. I apologize. My bad. My bad, man. Um, Baltimore only had three hits last night. Santander had two, both home runs, (laughs) and Odor had a hit. I will say Cedric Mullins. I always talk about Cedric Mullins because he's a good player, and I feel bad that he's being wasted on Baltimore, but they're really a season or two away from being a team that's going to be pretty good, you know? Um, And I think that if he stays with them, he'll be rewarded for that, if that makes sense. Um, But he's a good player. He's pesky. And my God, his at bat against Chad Green, like, dude, even Chad Green, once Chad Green finally got him out, he even turned to look at him in the first baseline, like, dude, 
my goodness. <laughs> Actually, you know what? While we're here, let's look at that because that was a lot of pitches in that at bat. And it was kind of amusing, but and it was the third out of the end. Yeah, it was a 12 pitch at bat Cedric Mullins had against Chad Green. Curveball, four-seamer, four-seamer, curveball, curveball, four-seamer, curveball, four-seamer, 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 four-seamer. He finally got him out on the curveball. And it was a fly out after all that time. But yeah, that was quite an at-bat. And I said this on another show. When it gets to the point where the at-bat enters double digits, it usually goes in the favor of the batter at that point. But luckily for Chad Green, it did not, and he got the third out of the inning, the eighth inning. Jonathan Lewisaga looked better last night. He had us worried recently. Um, and actually, he kind of worried me at first because of the hit that he gave up to Odor. And I thought to myself, oh boy, here we go. And then he induced a double play. And I was like, okay, we're fine. He's fine. We're all fine. It'll be fine. Again, watching this team, I don't have a feeling of dread when I watch them. Really. And it's so nice. I had that feeling of dread a lot last season, which is ridiculous to think about. I shouldn't have a feeling of dread when I'm watching the Yankees. The Yankees are a good team. They're 26 and nine. They're a good team. So I mentioned Jose Trevino hitting the three run home run and Donaldson and Rizzo went back to back in the ninth inning to give the Yankees a cushion. Now the fun fact about this, the Yankees have gone back to back four times this season and Anthony Rizzo has been involved in all, all four of those back to backs. And it took him 13 games to get from his ninth home run to his 10th home run. So now Rizzo, Stanton, and Judge are all in double digits home runs. And he was really, he had, he was struggling in those 13 games. He was batting in the 140s. So maybe this will get Rizzo on a good swing, pun intended, and he'll start hitting the ball again. But again, this team is finding ways to win. No matter what they do, it's great. It's fun to watch. It's enjoyable. They had 11 hits last night, and DJ LeMahieu went 0 for 5. Donaldson was 3 for 4. Gleber was on base four times because he was 2 for 3 with two walks. The only regulars who didn't have hits, Gallo was 0 for 5. LeMahieu was 0 for 5. Gallo struck out four times. LeMahieu struck out three times. LeMahieu looked frustrated last night. I will say I was noticing that about him. And Trevino was two for four. He had two hits last night. Stanton had a big hit, scored the first run, hit a double, tried to stretch it out to run to, uh, run to third, but um, he was thrown out at third. And he hit it into that new expanded left field in Baltimore, which looks really silly. I know why they did it. They were sick of, I think they were sick of the opposing teams constantly hitting home runs to that area. But I don't know. That feels like a... Feels like a bad idea. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But so far, it doesn't seem like a great idea because it took nearly a month for Baltimore to hit a home run in that spot in the stadium. I don't know. I get it. You don't want 
you don't want the um the rest of the AL East beating up on you as usual, but they're beating up on you as usual because you're Baltimore and you're not there yet. As I said, Baltimore has good players on their team, but they don't have enough good players to be a good team yet. But there are some guys on that team who are really good. And I've already mentioned them. Mullins, Santander. That pitch that, uh, not Loisaga, Severino threw that he gave up the home run on. He golfed that ball. It wasn't a bad pitch from Severino. It was a good swing from Santander. All props to him. That wasn't a bad pitch by Severino. Let's look what, I want to see what it was because I can't quite remember exactly what it was. But he really went down for that. You could see it live. And then when they showed the replay, I couldn't believe how low he went for that ball. Yeah. It was a changeup. 89.7 miles an hour, and it was well below the strike zone. It was almost like watching Vlad Guerrero Sr. swinging at a ball, you know, going for it. He once swung at a ball that bounced in front of the plate. I don't know if you know that, but yeah, he he was one of those free-swinging guys. It happens. So we'll talk more about this game and we'll look at Aroldis Chapman's numbers just because some people were worried about what they saw last night. But before we do that, it's time for me to talk about Built Bar. I showed you guys the bar yesterday and if you didn't watch on YouTube, I was holding up the birthday cake puff. I have them in my possession. They're so good. If you haven't tried the puffs, I'm going to let you in on a secret because that's what friends do. It's a chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar covered in 100% real chocolate. And the best thing about this one is it's white chocolate. It's covered with sprinkles. It's basically like biting into a birthday cake, and it's only 150 calories. All Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. That means with Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. And they're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Go to built.com to get the birthday puffs, birthday cake puffs now. Go to built, use our promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast where you get recaps of Major League Baseball games with analysis from our local experts who are taking fans through the season like no other network. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm not kidding about the Bill Barr puffs. They're so good. Actually, where are they? I need one. Um, Abby was laughing at me yesterday because after we finished the show, I ate the puff while we were talking about the show because we have discussions after the show ends and she was laughing at me because I was enjoying it so much so let's go through Severino's numbers he threw 95 pitches in his six innings of work I think it was six on the nose wasn't it I just want to double check that number yes six on the nose one run one hit two walks seven strikeouts nice job and the Yankees were able to get to Kyle Bradish the rookie Four and one-third innings, four runs on eight hits, three walks, six strikeouts. He gave up the home run to Trevino. And then Loisica pitched an inning, Green pitched an inning, Chapman pitched an inning. Wasn't a save 
situation. And I know some people had issues with that as well, but let's look at Severino. 95 pitches, he threw 49 four-seam fastballs. His average was 96.1, max was 97.9, minimum 92.8. So his year average is 96.3. So his velocity was down slightly last night. Not a big deal. 22 change-ups, 12 sliders, 12 cutters. This is according to Baseball Savant. And let's see the swings and misses. He had the most out of everyone pitching last night. He had 15. So, you know, he's, he's looking good. All the, you know what? Honestly, all the Yankee starters are looking good. Um, they're surprising the hell out of people, really, <laughs> when you think about it. I mean, no one more than Nestor Cortez Jr., but I think that, you know, the, the big joke was that the Yankees' rotation this year was going to be Garrett Cole and a bunch of guys behind him. And those bunch of guys are doing really well. So let's look at a role as Chapman. He threw 17 pitches in that inning. Oh, okay. Okay. Don't be alarmed. His four seam fastball, he threw nine of them. His average for last night was 96.8, which is his yearly average. All right. So that should be alarming. But the fact that his average is staying the same, you know what I mean? Like, it's not great that his average is 96.8 because it's a role as Chapman and he's he usually throws faster than that, but he's not really decreasing from that average. Does that make sense? Okay. He threw four sliders, two sinkers, two splitters. His slider was actually up from his year average. He averaged 85.8 last night. He's usually sitting around 84.3. The sinker, man, could you, he threw a 100 mile an hour sinker. That's crazy when guys do that. He's not the only one who does that, too, but that's just, yeah, that's crazy. Now, I just want to see the pitch that Santander got him on because I feel like it was similar to what he did to Severino. Let's see. I love Baseball Savant because you can go look at all these matchups and all these at-bats and it's just, I, I love this stuff so much. When I used to write about baseball, I used to love looking at heat maps and let's see. Oh, it was a splitter. Okay. It was a splitter down and in, but in the zone, but on the, in the lower part of the zone. So it was another pitch that he went down for and inside. Yeah. And the one with the one against Severino was also inside because it was the other, he's a switch hitter. So he hit home runs from both sides of the plate. And yeah. So one was a splitter. One was a changeup. Interesting. Okay. It was an 89.7 mile per hour splitter. So yeah, the Yankees uh, keep finding ways to win. Again, they have three more games against Baltimore. We'll look at the matchup for tonight. We did this yesterday, but in case you missed it yesterday, we'll go through it. It's another night game. They're all night games until Thursday. Thursday's a day game. So it's Tyone, who's also been pitching well, against Spencer Watkins. Okay, so Tyone on the year, 3-1 with a 2.93 ERA, 25 strikeouts. Spencer Watkins is 0-1 with a 5.19 ERA, 13 strikeouts. Let's see how many games that's in. Okay, he started six games, Watson, and that's in 26 innings. He has 13 strikeouts with a 5.19 ERA. And then Tyone, three and one in six starts as well. 30.2 innings, 30 and two-third innings, 25 strikeouts. 
Tyone, as I said yesterday, and as Abby and I were discussing, he's become the pitcher that the Yankees wanted. They were waiting for this. And I think, I think they knew it was going to take a little bit of time for him to get to this point because of what he was coming back from. They didn't anticipate the ankle injury last year and the surgery that he had in the offseason. But as I keep saying about Tyone, it was a nice surprise that he was able to start the season on time. And it's a nice surprise that he's doing as well as he's doing. And in his last start, he didn't last as long. Right. Okay. His last two starts are against Toronto. May 3rd at home, May 11th in Toronto. The May 3rd start at home, he went six innings. The start on the 11th, he went five and one third. But he won both decisions. Only gave up two runs in the last start. One run in the previous start to that. Now, the last time he faced Baltimore was the start before the Toronto start at home. He went four and two third innings, gave up two runs on seven hits. So we'll see how he does tonight. Now, in a moment, we're going to go back 20 years tonight to look at a game that is a Yankees classic. They like showing it. I don't know how, I don't know how recently they've shown it. I mean, honestly, if the Yankees weren't playing tonight, I would have put it on. Hire me, yes, for programming ideas. Just kidding. Uh, but before we look back at 20 years ago tonight, this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, but choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. doesn't matter if you own an auto shop or if you're just Joe Schmo in your garage. They have everything you could need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Then write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com It's time to do my favorite thing. We're doing a throwback Tuesday. Friday night, May 17th, 2002. Yankees against the Twins. Is this ringing a bell? It should be ringing a bell. Okay. <laughs> Let's go through the lineups. Minnesota Twins, Jock Jones, Christian, Christian Guzman, Tori Hunter, David Ortiz, Brian Buchanan, Bobby Kelty, Jay Canizaro, AJ Prasinski, Denny Hawking. Your starting pitcher, Rick Reed. For the Yankees, Alfonso Soriano, Derek Jeter, Bernie Williams, Jason Giambi. Jorge Posada, Robin Ventura, John Vanderwall, <laughs> Rondell White, Nick Johnson at first, and Moose was your starting pitcher. Now, this was the infamous Grand Slam in the Rain game. The first year Yes Network was on the air. Anyone with cable vision didn't have Yes Network. I was living in Staten Island at the time, I had Time Warner. I had cable vision, so I was able to watch the first year of Yes. The first year of Yes was fantastic because they were trying all these new things. 
They used to have an interview room outside of the clubhouse. Susan Waldman would sit there and interview the guys, and I just thought it was the best thing ever, and I wish they still had that because it was just great. Um, all the different shows that they were trying and, you know, because when it's the infancy of a sports network, they try a lot of stuff to see what sticks. And yeah, the first year of Yes was great. It really was. <laughs> so the umpires for this night, Steve Ripley at home, Gary Darling at first, Paul Emmel at second, Tim Timmons at third. The time of the game was 5.45 because this game infamously went into the 14th inning. It was very long. It was so late on a Friday night that my roommate was sleeping and I had to be quiet, <laughs> which is hard for me. If you watch this show, you know I can't be quiet. So the Yankees got the scoring started first. Bernie Williams hit a solo home run against Rick Reed to put the Yankees up 1-0. Then the Twins struck back immediately in the top of the second. They scored three runs off Moose. Bobby Kilty hit a ground rule double. Canizaro hit... A single, then Przinski hit a single that scored Kilty. Denny Hawking hit a ground out that scored Canizaro. Jock Jones hit a single that scored Przinski. How exciting. Then it was quiet until the bottom of the fourth. Jorge Posada reached on an error. Robin Ventura hit a home run that tied the game. Vanderwall hit a single. Rondell White hit a single. Nick Johnson struck out. Then Soriano hit a home run, a three-run home run that put the Yankees up 6-3. In the bottom of the fifth, Jorge Posada hits a home run off Latroy Hawkins. Jason Giambi singled ahead of that and then advanced to second on an E4. Then Posada hit the home run. So the Yankees were up 8-3. Then the wheels fell off for Mike Messina and Mike Stanton and Ramiro Mendoza. <laughs> <laughs> in the top of the sixth. Brian Buchanan hit a double. Bobby Kilty hit a single that scored Buchanan. Canizaro hit a single. Przinski hit a double that scored Kilty. So Mike Stanton replaced Moose. Denny Hawking, Denny Hawking and Jock Jones hit back-to-back -back singles. Christian Guzman hits a... Uh, <laughs> Christian... Christian Guzman hits... A bunch ground out sacrifice. So the runners move up. Tory Hunter is intentionally walked to load the bases. David Ortiz hits a sack fly that scores Hawking. Ramiro Mendoza comes in to replace Mike Stanton. Brian Buchanan hits a single. Jock Jones scores, but Tory Hunter is out at third. So that ends the inning. But the Twins are up 9-8 at this point. Yeah, this was a crazy game. <laughs> The game is quiet till the bottom of the ninth. Bernie Williams hits a solo shot to make it 9-9. Top of the 10th is quiet. Bottom of the 10th is quiet. Top of the 11th is quiet. Bottom of the 11th is quiet. Top of the 12th is quiet. Bottom of the 12th is quiet. Everything is quiet till the 14th inning. And this is when the wheels fell off for Sterling Hitchcock. Now, I remember thinking at the time, and I do remember this even though it was 20 years ago, I did not want Sterling Hitchcock to pitch a second inning, even though... He did okay in the 13th. It's just, I felt something in my belly. And I thought, Tori, why aren't you taking him out? What are you doing? So the top of the 14th, Casey Blake walks. Brian Buchanan hits a single. Bobby Kilty hits a single that scores Blake. Canizaro hits a ground out. Uh, it's a force out at third. Kelty moves to second. AJ Przinski hits a fly ball that does nothing, so Kilty doesn't advance. 
Denny Hawking hits a single that scores Kilty. Jock Jones hits a single that scores Canizaro. And then Sterling Hitchcock finally gets Guzman out. And it's 12-9 twins. And I remember being very pissed that Tori kept Hitchcock in. I thought to myself, is he giving up on this game? What is he doing? Then in the bottom of the 14th, Mike Trombley comes into pitch. Shane Spencer hits a single to left. Soriano hits a fly ball to left and out. Jeter hits a single to center. Bernie Williams walks to load the bases. And then Jason Giambi. And it was a first pitch, first pitch walk-off grand slam in the rain. And the Yankees win 13-12. Now, I wish that I could play footage of that home run on the show, but I cannot. YouTube, I would get in trouble. And I would also get in trouble audio-wise because, you know, you're not supposed to really do that stuff with MLB. Even though it's 20 years ago, I would still probably get in trouble. But, oh, do I wish I could have shown that clip because it is forever burned in my brain. And as I said, my roommate was asleep. (laughs) And because it was after midnight. It was almost one in the morning, right? Yeah. And uh, actually, it was near one in the morning. And even though it was a Friday night, I couldn't yell. She was already asleep. So I screamed into a pillow. I screamed into a pillow. And I was so excited. Because one, the Yankees won. Two, Jason Giambi was kind of struggling. He was getting warmed up. And, you know, people were being mean to him because they loved Tino. You know, anytime someone replaces a beloved Yankee they get crapped on for the first few months until they do something. And everyone mentions this as Giambi's true Yankee moment. I'm of the belief that your true Yankee moment is when you put the uniform on. But this is looked at as his first true Yankee moment. And what a moment that was, you know, hitting a grand slam when you're down three runs is pretty damn cool to win the game. And You know, the whole dramatic, it's in the rain, you know, it's late at night, it's the 14th inning, the game's gone on forever, he hadn't really been doing anything, and then, boom, he hits it. And, yeah, Yankee fans ended up liking Jason Giambi. And how could you not? He he seemed like a good dude, seemed like a fun dude. And, yeah, that was a fun game, but I I really can't believe it was 20 years ago. If you said to Stacey 20 years ago that they'd have a sports podcast about the Yankees that Michael Kay mentioned on his show... Stacy would think, what's a podcast? <laughs> what is a podcast? I don't think I knew what a podcast was in 2002. I'm sure they were around, right? I don't think, I think podcasts have been around for a while. They just weren't as popular as they are now. So yeah, that was 20 years ago today or 20 years ago tonight. So think about that. If you're up at close to one in the morning, just remember, hey, Jason Giambi hit a grand slam 20 years ago right now at this moment. (laughs) Uh, 2002. What a disappointing finish that was in the playoffs, huh? I still don't like the Angels for 2002 and 2005, and it's been so long ago. Even after the Yankees beat them in 09, I I still hold a grudge against the Angels. So, Yankees. Orioles tonight, again, Tyone is pitching. See how he does against the Orioles if he builds upon his last start, if he continues the role that the Yankees starters have been on recently. And we'll see if last night's home run sparks Anthony Rizzo to hit more home runs. That'd be great. (laughs) 
Uh, we'll probably see Aaron Judge back in the lineup. Had a night off last night, so he was busy being cheerleader. And yeah, we'll have the recap of that and a preview of the next matchup after that. And any other Yankees news that happens, we'll have for you on the next show. But for now, that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can listen to this show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, like our videos and comment on them as well. I will answer them as soon as possible. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB. Now make your second listen of the day Locked On MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. So enjoy your Tuesday, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.